Communication can be a complex task, especially when it involves making radio calls or explaining intricate details like aircraft systems. In today's episode, we're going to delve into the significance of clear communication and provide valuable tips on enhancing your radio calls. That's coming right up, so strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 83 of the Flight Training Australia podcast, the podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host Trent Robinson, thanks for listening. Well, it was V8s again up here in uh, Darwin, fantastic weather, it was a fantastic weekend, I know a lot of people came up and enjoyed it, saw the F-35 doing its display again, not quite as low as last time, Um, maybe they got in a bit of trouble for that, but it was still just as noisy and impressive as always. And uh, as I have done in previous years, I volunteered as an official. And there's always a numerous roles that require filling and you just don't realise how uh, many events like uh, the V8s there rely on uh, so many volunteers to, to help keep it all running smoothly. Um, yeah, look, I thoroughly love it, getting close up to the action, so I tend to go for the, uh, the flag marshal and communicator position. It's fantastic experience, and uh, depending on where you get posted around the track, can be plenty of action to witness. Uh, had Cam Waters fire straight in front of me. Uh, by the time it finished, it happened to the other side, but we called it in, and another Aussie Aussie uh, car that uh, caught fire ran across the front of us, and I did deliver some more fire extinguishers to that one as well. So plenty of action, and uh, always keeping on your toes. However, being in that position, it, uh, it means interacting with a really wide range of individuals from various backgrounds and skill levels and age groups. And that's both on the radio as uh, radio communicators and also the flag marshals. And this can naturally pose challenges. So if instructions aren't communicated clearly or uh, for those who are new to the role, you know, they don't understand a bit of race jargon, even if we're using what seems to be common English and uh, it can lead to confusion. So obviously, to mitigate those sort of communication gaps and things, it's important to brief the team at the beginning of the day, explaining how it's all going to work and updating them as events progress. So for example, we might have to prepare uh, to get ready with a yellow flag and a safety car, which needs to come out instantly. Uh, No questions. Don't worry about why. It's just because that's the instruction and we can explain it all later. Otherwise, it can have an impact on the race and uh, we don't want to be involved in that. This experience during the V8s, um, look, I really, really, I really thought about it and, and realised the similarities in some of the things that were going on on the weekend and the communication challenges we face in aviation. And it is a topic of utmost importance for every pilot and air traffic controller, and that is effective communication. Communication is very much a lifeline of aviation. It's what keeps us all connected as pilots and air traffic controllers and pilot to pilot and enables smooth operations and it can ensure safety in the skies. So I just wanted to 
talk about that a little bit more and explore the importance of effective communication and share some valuable tips on enhancing your skills in the critical area. So let's get into it, eh? So first and foremost, I guess what you really need to do is know what to say and when to say it is vital. And that takes a little bit of time and training. As we all know, in aviation, concise and clear communication is the key. We need to be able to convey crucial information efficiently without unnecessary details and clutter, cluttering up the frequency. You've heard it before. Some are not sure what they're saying and they're carrying on about all this other stuff when you're busting the press the button and, and say what you need to say. So we need to be able to do that effectively and remember that time is of the essence, and especially during critical phases of flight. Our promptness on the radio can be uh, quite crucial. So to help with that, being clear and concise, is using standard phraseology. So standard phraseology ensures a universal language across the aviation community. We're all talking the same language. We all know what it means. We're not starting to use uh, localisms, local phraseologies and things that can then confuse others, and that's the last thing that we want. So it helps promote an understanding between pilots and controllers, even if they come from different backgrounds. So understanding the phraseology is important, and this can all be found in the AIP, Gen 3.4. Now, this can be a little bit confusing sometimes, takes a little bit to read through and digest, but you'll find that this is where all the radio calls that your instructors tell you, and you'll read also in things like the Day VFR Guide and uh, your theory books and things. This is where it all comes from. So take the time to learn the proper order of things, the proper order of information. Okay, yes, sure, at the end of the day, as long as you get it all out and the order's a little bit scrambled, it doesn't really matter. But when you get read something or a clearance from an air traffic controller, read it back in the same order it comes. Usually uh, you'll hear pilots read it almost backwards. Whatever was said last, they read back first and go the other way. And that can just lead to a little bit of confusion as to what was actually said because it's not what the controller is expecting to hear back in that order. Another essential aspect of effective communication is listing actively on the radio and also if we're in a uh, another scenario of avoiding information overload. So as pilots, we need to not block each other's on the radio. Um, frequency, frequently doing this, you'll hear a terrible squealing sound over the radio when someone else has gone and transmitted. So part of this is you know, thinking or listening to radio calls like it's a conversation. There's obviously sometimes an end of a sentence and nothing more to say. Other times, there's a response required. So this means you need to listen. And if there is a response, don't transmit until it's done. Just wait. If there's a gap and it sounds like that's the sentence that's now completed, you can then step in and say your bit. But do listen out. If you hear a little click sound just before you press, you'll probably find that you just got beaten. And if you let go you'll find someone else is talking. So that's A, a good thing to remember, and B, you'll avoid over-transmitting and everyone else having to listen to that terrible squealing sound. So to avoid overloading the frequency, here's another tip. Prepare your radio call and think the who, what, where, and how. Identify who you're addressing, state what you need, 
or your intention and provide your location, your altitude and your estimate or anything else that needs to be conveyed. But keep it concise and remember by being brief is the key to ensuring others have the chance to communicate as well. We don't need to hear your life story and what you're doing with the power and how you're joining the circuit and when you're putting the undercarriage down, no one cares. It's just when you're going to be arriving at the circuit. If you don't need to be saying anything more because that radio calls are not going to be pertinent to anyone else's uh, safety or separation from other airplanes, then don't say it. Don't not say anything. I've been very, very clear on that, but don't overdo it at the same time. So remember all that, as I've discussed many times before, leads to my old mate situational awareness playing a significant role in effective aviation communication. So make sure you've got good, clear understanding of your surroundings, the airspace, and any relevant instructions or clearances. All right, And that knowledge will help you anticipate what's expected of you and allow you to communicate more effectively with air traffic control. Listen to what everyone's doing around you. Decide whether it affects you, either now or soon, and respond if it is required and adapt your own actions if it's going to affect the way you're operating your aircraft or where you're doing it. Doing that fosters collaboration and ensures everyone is working together towards the shared goal of safety and ultimately going home safe and sound at the end of the day. All right. So that's in normal operations, but what about another critical aspect of aviation communication? And that's effective communication following an emergency. In these high-pressure situations, it's essential to remain calm, follow procedures, and when necessary, communicate clearly, either with air traffic control or other crew members or passengers. Remember to aviate, navigate, and only then communicate. There's no greater example of this than Captain Sullenberger during the incident of Cactus 1539 landing in the Hudson. Calm, clear and concise. No getting caught up with the radio calls or into a conversation with their traffic control. Focusing on aviating, navigating the aircraft to a safe landing site and communicating only what needed to be communicated with both air traffic control and his crew. When facing an emergency, it's important to use clear and concise language to communicate the nature of the problem, your intentions, and any other assistance you require. Air traffic controllers and other pilots are there to support you, but they can only help if they fully understand the situation and where you are. That way they can take over a lot of the communicational burden and provide accurate and succinct information to possibly make a significant difference in the outcome of an emergency situation. One thing you can use, or a mnemonic, is NITS, N-I-T-S. And that stands for the nature of the emergency, your intentions, the time you have or the time to destination, and any special information or special instructions. So if you were doing this to an air traffic controller, you would tell them that you've suffered an engine failure in your left engine. It's now shut down. Your intention is to return to 
the destination, the whatever airport it is, or making a forced landing or precautionary landing if that's what needs to happen. So that's your intention, the time it's going to take to get there, and then any special instructions, which could be request emergency services on the ground. If you're doing this to other crew or passengers, you would tell them that we might have an engine fire in the left engine. Your intention is to try and shut the engine down and we're going to return to land. We should be there in about 10 minutes. And when we do get on the ground, only on my command, we're going to evacuate. But because the left engine is on fire, that's where the door is. We're going to evacuate through the overwing exit. Right. Obviously, a little bit of extra explanation in there for you, but that was for you guys so you know why I'm saying what I'm saying. All right, so NITS is a really good mnemonic that you can use and communicate clearly what you're trying to say. All right, so over overall, the biggest important things are to use standard phraseology, be proactive and active listening, don't overload the frequency and don't cut others off when they're using the radio. Be concise and avoid unnecessary details. Maintain situation awareness to adapt and collaborate effectively. And in emergency situations, communicate clearly, but focusing on accuracy and the briefness of the call. All right. Now, for some of you, I know that radio calls can be one of the most daunting parts of flying. So let's wrap up with a few final tips to help improve your communication skills when flying. And of course, the first one is going to be practice, practice, practice. All right, communication is a skill that can be honed with practice. So whether it's for you simulator sessions, practicing radio drills, role-playing scenarios with other pilots, take every opportunity you can to improve your communication skills. You can use things like uh, your radio scanners. You can jump on liveatc.net and tune into your local airspace. It's a free uh, website. There is an app for your phone or iPad. It does cost a few dollars, but you can go to your local airport and depending on the number of scanners they've got, uh, you can listen to frequencies uninterrupted and listen for air traffic control instructions and then pretend you're the pilot and respond and see how you go. Hearing the terminology, especially for your local area, will go a long way in helping you be far more effective with your radio calls and responses. Right, number two, seek feedback. So ask feedback from other instructors, fellow pilots, air traffic controllers. They can all provide valuable insight and help you identify areas for improvement. Embrace constructive criticism as a means to grow and enhance your communication skills. Sometimes, you know, something happens call the controller, try and reach out to the other pilot, uh, run through the scenario and whatever led to the confusion or, or whatever whatever happened. So this will all help you. It's not about a blame game, but understand better what happened and why maybe uh, learn something out of it. All right, tip three is to stay current with regulations and procedures. We're in an ever-evolving industry and a lot of things stay standard. Other things do change. So stay updated with the latest guidelines and standards with the ARP, your CASA emails and uh, regulatory changes there. CASA YouTube channel, 
Casa Briefing is a really good one to keep an eye on things as well. And there's heaps of webinars that are going on run by Casa uh, with industry specialists from all over Australia. Uh, they're always great to get on. And if you can't get onto the live sessions, they are generally recorded and put on YouTube to watch later on as well. So by staying updated, this ensures that you're going to be familiar with any changes and not get all confused and start calling radio calls that are no longer used or using incorrect terminology. And finally, foster a culture of open communication. Encourage open and respectful communication within your aviation group. Create an environment where pilots and controllers feel comfortable asking questions, seeking clarification and that feedback. This will foster that culture of continuous learning and ensure everyone benefits from the improved communication. If you hear a mate doing something not quite right or isn't clear, just let them know. It's not about making people feel bad or stupid. It's just to help each other grow. Remember, effective communication is not just about transmitting information. It's about understanding, collaboration and promoting safety in our industry. So by mastering these communication skills, you can become a more proficient and reliable aviator. All right, so good luck. Keep practicing. And if you need any tips or questions or anything that comes up, you know where to reach me. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can email me. All the details are in the episode description below. All right. That's it for this week's episode. Again, sorry for being a day late again, but uh, I was absolutely shattered and uh, I needed the sleep and the rest yesterday. So there was no chance of getting it out um, ready for Monday morning. Alrighty, I'll uh, leave you at that. If you uh, have any topics you'd like to know about, please hit me up, let me know, send them through and uh, I'll put out another uh, topic request uh, poll on instagram in the next day or two as well all right guys take care remember the golden rule aviate navigate and then communicate cheers everyone